Oh well, that's all ancient history now. Hello and welcome to That's All Ancient History Now, the podcast that is typically mystical and apocalyptic with a cultish following. I am your host, Pascal Kempston, and with me today, as always, is our resident Grim Reaper, Jacob Paik. Hello, hello, hello. I can How's see the scythe. Is that, is that your <laughs> scythe, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, it's my scythe. What's the reference? Uh, goths. Goths? Oh, Grim Reapers? Yeah, yeah. darkness. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I did Google last week goth stereotypes, because I wasn't too caught up on it. Yeah, they haven't been around for a while. No, well, not not around me. Not on no. purpose, just haven't seen anyone. Uh, how was your week, Jakey? Fabulous, as always. Hard at work, working hard, um, mm. doing my stuff. I'm doing <laughs> it well. Nothing really of note, however. Yeah, but you went to a quiz, though, didn't you? Of course, yes. I went to a right. pub quiz at the Unicorn, and we came uh, in last place. Behind some school kids. Behind some school kids, yes. Um, yeah. In their uniform. <laughs> In their uniform with a, a long wind instrument in a case, <laughs> sipping yeah. on Coca-Cola and orange juice. Just your average Sunday, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. um, but have you not got any questions for me? Um, oh, not that I remember. Oh. Uh, I did say I would remember one. but Yeah, you did. You said you'd remembered a few. Yeah, they've lost me. I've got one, uh, which right, will test your knowledge on our previous episodes. Come on then. Who was, uh, it's a two-part question, with Come one on. answer. Who was the fifth emperor of ancient Rome? And let me know if you want the second half. Uh, well, is the second half like a clue? The second half will give it away. Oh, because E, if you're listening, you know that I love a clue in the quiz. Um, who was the fifth? <laughs> who was the first one? Can you tell me that? Augustus. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tiberius. No, no way. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, that's just the order that we did it. What's the second part of the clue? Um, it's also the the name of a, a famous high street coffee shop. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Costa. Ha ha ha. It's actually Costa. Nero. Is it? Yeah. We didn't do Nero, did we? I think we did. No, I don't think we did. Did we not? Oh. I don't remember him. I Maybe think we you did. did him. I was never listened to you during that series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we did a... A twofer. Yeah. Two emperors. Anyway, uh, we're back with with another... Oh, well, I did nothing. (laughs) How was your week? rely on you for my content. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why. Well, yeah, because amazingly, you have more going on than I do. Why is that amazing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? I'm not living life to the fullest at the moment. (sighs) I'm just getting on. But listen, this week, uh, we're continuing our uh, gothic series... And we're bringing uh, the Ostrogoths to your ears. Yes. Aren't we? Uh, I'm going to start with something special. Okay. It's cool. It's Did You Know. Did You Know. Oh, did you know. Did you know. Ostrogothy means goths or glorified by the rising sun. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Um, It's been interpreted as gleaming goths or east goths. By the 4th century, the Ostrogoths had developed a distinct language known as Gothic. And that's wow. the input that you know. Cool. So yeah, um, I think I I mentioned last week that thing about it being interpreted as East Goth. Yeah. As opposed to the Visigoths, who you could interpret West Goth. as West Goths. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but it's funny you mentioned them because I think we're going to see quite a few uh, similarities, quite a few parallels between the West and the East Goths. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, they they have the same origins, mm. which aren't, you know, it's not 100% known when the separation happens. But at one point, they were just one Gothic region. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then they split and there up. there they go, separating. Yeah. The start of my notes on this sounds a bit like a movie. Ooh, go Invading for it. Invading southward from the Baltic Sea, the Ostrogoths built up a huge empire stretching from the Don to the Dynester Rivers. Wow, where's that? Uh, in present-day Ukraine. In present-day Ukraine. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, and from the Black Sea to the Pripyat Marshes, which is uh, modern-day southern Belarus. Yes. And then what? Well... Um, the kingdom reached. <laughs> this is good. The kingdom reached its highest point. Uh, this kingdom under King uh, Amanaric, who is said to have committed suicide at an advanced age when the Huns attacked his people and subjugated them about 370 CE. Yes. So that's kind of when they would have been the Goths together, and then mm-hmm. the Visigoths would have left before the Huns arrived, whereas yeah. the Ostrogoths would have stayed. And yeah. had to deal with Attila face like head to head. Yeah, and you could see how they dealt with him. Yeah. Suicide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't tell that, if yeah. there's a big delay or if you're just like, it's not going in right. No, I just don't know if you're waiting for me to say anything or I was because oh. usually you just talk for a while and then I talk for a while. Oh, okay. But no, um, no I, not to I go off, carry on. off format. Yeah, All the or... many Ostrogothic <laughs> graves have been excavated south and southeast of Kiev. Little is known about the empire. Uh, they were probably literate in the 3rd century, and their trade with the Romans was highly developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that line uh, was the same in uh, Britannica and Wikipedia. So I'm wondering who copied and pasted from who, whom. Yes. Who do you think? Who's your money on? Um, Wikipedia from Britannica. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Don't trust them. <laughs> well, pretend... Is it not like... You're not reading the original 17-whatever Encyclopedia Britannica? Oh, no, I don't have the co- the uh, the hard copy. Ah. Yeah. Sorry. The rise of the Huns around 370 overwhelmed the Gothic kingdoms, and many of those Goths migrated into Roman territory in the Balkans, while others remained north of the Danube under Hunnic rule. Yeah. Frequently... So- yeah. The Ostrogoths fought alongside both Alans and Huns, same mm-hmm. as before, with the other guys, yes. the Vizis. Um, like other tribal peoples, they became one of the many Hunnic vassals fighting in Europe, <coughs> as in the Battle of uh, Chalons in 451. Several uprisings against the Huns were suppressed. Yes. <clears throat> yes. But um, the collapse of Hunnic power in the 450s led to further violent upheaval in the lands north of the Danube, during which the Ostrogoths slowly expanded southwards into the Balkans and then westwards towards Illyria and the borders of Italy. Mm-hmm. So kind of just like fanning, right? Yeah. Um, this battle in 450, um, mm. which we talked about last week, um, where the Visigoths were definitely on the Roman side. Yes. Um, it could be that the Ostrogoths, and we don't know for certain, they were on the... Attila's side. So you actually, oh. at this point, have the two Gothic peoples fighting against each other. Oh, wouldn't that be mad? Yeah, but we don't know for sure. Um, mm, mm. Their rule, uh, 
once they got into Italy, was marked by turmoil with hostile neighbours all around and the land they had uh, acquired between Vienna, modern-day Vienna, and uh, Sremska Mitrovica. Is that real? I don't know. It wasn't well, man- uh, it wasn't well managed, their, uh, their relationship with their neighbours. Um, and that was a fact which rendered the Ostrogoths dependent upon Constantinople for subsidies. Yeah, so, because the Roman Empire is kind of falling now, Constantinople's, well, the Western Roman Empire has fallen. Constantinople's kind of becoming the Byzantine Empire at this point. Um, But it's, yeah, Italy, Europe is all getting divvied up and fought over by lots of different tribes and kingdoms and groups of people. Yeah, so you... you, And um, you did have to depend a bit on the Eastern Empire. Um, But I think as well... So when... Have you read about Theodoric the Great? Mm -hmm. So he comes... He comes into power about 475. There's a couple of people before him, um, one who's his cousin. Mm. Um, and he, he's quite liked by the Eastern Empire. The guy before Theodoric the Great, who's called Theodoric Strabo. Mm-hmm. Um, and his brother-in-law is a guy called Aspar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the kind of military dicta, dictator in the Eastern Empire. Mm. Um, and the emperors, there's one called Leo the First and another called Zeno, who replaces Leo the First. Uh, they both quite like this Theodoric Strabo. However, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. There's a guy called. Uh, sorry, I'm not using the right terms. There's somebody else called Basilica, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't like Zeno. And at some point, Theodoric Strabo supports Basilica, but then in the end, who's Zeno? Comes, Zeno is the Eastern Emperor. <clears throat> the Eastern Roman Emperor. The Eastern Roman Emperor. Okay. So during this time, it's kind of, they're friends, and then they're not friends, because he starts supporting this guy who's going against Zeno. Yeah, Basilica. Um, yeah, Basilica, who's and this he's mad... Roman. He's a Yeah, he's a weird Roman guy. He walks around without a top on and stuff like that. Legend. Um, not really. No, not a legend. But anyway, then they make up, um, Theodoric and Zeno, but uh, this guy dies fighting for Zeno, but on Which his way guy? back from... Theodoric Strabo. Can I call him Strabo? Right. Yeah, call him Strabo. Strabo dies. He he goes on this battle against these Bulgars that yeah. Zeno's worried about. And um, he wins the battle, kind of wins back his favour with Zeno. And then on the way back from the battle, falls off his horse. <laughs> and dies. Oh no. Yeah. That sounds awful. What a way so to then go. Theodoric Strabo is replaced by his cousin, Theodoric the Great. Yes. As the leader of the Ostrogoths, <clears throat> or the king of the Ostrogoths. Yes, the king. Um, so just, uh, yeah, going back a little bit, um, during the greater latter half of the 5th century, um, like you were saying, um, they they were uh, had every conceivable relation of friendship and, and enmity, enmity uh, with the Eastern Roman power. Yeah. Just as the Visigoths had done before them. Yeah. And they're also yeah. quite similar to the Huns in their yeah. relationship where, you know, they'll fight for them sometimes, but then they'll fight against them to mm-hmm. kind of extort money out of them. Yes. To say, like, we're going we're gonna to fight you if you don't give us money, or if you want us to fight for you, give us more money. That yeah. kind of situation. And also, just like the, the Vizis, um, they moved from east to west, um, apart from a little pocket which remained behind uh, on the Crimean Peninsula, 
um, the Crimean Ostrogoths preserved their identity through the Middle Ages, and there was something like 1600-odd when uh, they like died out, the wow. Crimean Goths. Yeah, because we were talking about them before, weren't we? We were, yeah. You were. You were, you wanted to know about them or something like that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, But anyway, then Theodoric the Great uh, was born and about. He was raised um, in Constantinople as a diplomatic hostage where he was mm. carefully educated. Much like Attila was as well. Mm-hmm. So they go to Constantinople, um, they learn the language, they learn how their politics works, their military works, and then they go yeah. against them. It's like they're primed to do it, though, in a way. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a bad move <laughs> yeah. from the Roman Empire. Yeah, I guess. Um, but Theodoric the Great uh, was sometimes a friend and sometimes the enemy of the empire, like mm. we were saying. Uh, in the former case, he was clothed with various Roman titles and offices as patrician and consul with the Romans. Yes. Um, but in all cases alike, he remained the national Ostrogothic king. So he's the yeah. king of the Goths, but he's also heavily embroiled with the Romans, the Eastern Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, at one point, Zeno, the Emperor Zeno, gave him <laughs> the title Magister Militum, like the, mm. the military man. Oh, wow. Um, but it's thought that it was probably just an honorary title, and mm. he wasn't actually getting Theodoric the Great to run the, the Empire's military for him. No, but I bet he was like a consultant, getting some consultants. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, during his reign as king of the Ostrogoths, um, Theodoric um, was an Arian, like lots of the Vizies. That's Arian, not Arian. He he was um, completely into it. Yeah, he loved Big it. Big Arian. But he allowed for his people freedom of religion, which had not yeah. been done before. So he was tolerant. Um, but he, he did have this kind of strong belief that the, the Ostrogothic identity was kind of entwined with yeah. Arian Christianity. But he did try to appease the Pope. And tries to keep his alliance with the church strong, because you need to. Um, He saw the Pope, allegedly, I guess, as um, an authority not only in the church, but also over Rome itself. Therefore, it's wise to keep them on side. Yes, for now. For now. Um, And his ability to work well with the noblemen of Italy uh, and the members of the Roman Senate and the Catholic Church um, helped facilitate his acceptance as the ruler of Italy. Yes. From humble beginnings, he rose. He's now. Yes. Well, he, he doesn't. He's not in Italy straight away. No, not straight away. But this, you know, if you yeah. want to fill in some details. So Italy at this point, the the Western Roman Empire weren't really, you know, an official thing there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this guy called Odoacer, who's the kind of king there, and he's really popular. Um, mm. he, you know, he's pretty Romanish. You know, he kind of keeps everything Roman, basically. Um, but Odoacer betrays mm. the Emperor Zeno um, by attacking one of his provinces in between. So Zeno then gives Theodoric permission to attack Italy, and specifically this Odoacer guy. Mm. I think that's how you say it, isn't it? It might be Odoacer. Spelled uh, O-D-O-A-C-E-R, and I'd say Odoacer. What a fascinating name. Yeah. Um, and this is great for Theodoric, because... You know, it's a place that they can go, a place they can attack, a place that they can, you know. <laughs> he's been, he, he's he been gets twiddling the... his thumbs and finally... Yeah, and he's been given permission to do it, so so why not? Mm. Um, and to do it, he did. Yeah, so he goes down in 490 mm. uh, BCE, 
no, CE. CE. Sorry. Uh-huh. After um, Christ. And it takes him about After three Christ. years to defeat this mm. other guy. Um, but during his kind of a t- a, his invasion, um, they were also raided by these guys called the Burgundians. Sure. And they'll come up later, but it, it just slowed him down a bit. Um, and eventually, after three years, Odawak is kind of out of food, out of supplies, out of men. So Theodoric throws him a bone and says, let's have a banquet of reconciliation. Um, <laughs> and we'll like make an agreement. We'll rule together over Italy, half and half. And the second he walks through the door, he cuts him down with a sword. Wow. Yeah. God, it's like uh, the Game of Thrones episode, but just one guy. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, the reds. the banquet one. Then. Yeah. The Red Wedding, yeah. The Red Wedding, yeah. But it's just much Classic. more abrupt. And... Classic move, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was um, funny because he's like starved him out so much as he offering the banquet and the guy goes because he's just <laughs> he's so, so hungry. He's so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's oh, how, yeah, fantastic. they take Italy. And Italy is now part of the Ostrogothic Ostrogothic kingdom. Yes, Italy, Sicily, and Dalmatia, and lands <clears throat> to the north of Italy, eventually. Mm. I think they were um, originally, they, at some point they were given a province before they went into Italy, um, just to settle in. But there's not mm, much writings about nice. it. But the province oh. of Pannonia, which is kind of north of yeah, Italy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um Around 500, Theodoric celebrated his 30th anniversary as king of the Ostrogoths. Wow. Um, in order to improve their chances against the Roman Empire, um, the Ostrogoths and the Visigoths began to, uh, again to unite in what became a loose confederation of Germanic peoples. Yeah, I think uh, Theodoric liked this. And I think he saw yeah. himself as the, the leader of the confederation. Of, yeah, exactly. But you know how they're Germanic peoples? Yeah. Why is that? Because of the place they're from. But Germania. was it Germania? Okay. I think so, yeah. A lot of history in Germania. Germania. Also, all these people, kind of, uh, the Franks would be Germanic yeah. people as well. The, um, well, the, the Bulgars, the Vandals, the Burgundians, oh, the, the Alans. I, I think the Alans. They might be Iranian, the Alans. Yeah, that's what it was. But that, maybe yeah. that's where they originated from, but then they were kind of a Germanic presence. Yeah. And I think they start, They went all across Europe, but yeah, Theodoric definitely wanted to unite all the kind of all of the all the Goths together. I love all the old maps, not like yeah. old paper maps, like pictures of like maps of like how it would have looked. Obviously, it's not like exact, but like where different um, tribes and civilizations were and how the maps move. Yeah, well, especially with the Goths, it's kind of crazy because they do start. On one end, they of go Europe, all over the place. In a yeah. hundred years, they've moved to another, the other, yeah. the complete opposite side of Europe. Exactly, and they were able to do so so simply, um, because the at this point the dominion of the Theodoric was not a barbarian but a civilized power, yeah. Um, and he had like a twofold um, position that ran through everything. So he was like at once the king of the Goths, um but then also of this Italian area. And he ran them, like, separately. Two different, like, nations. Um, yeah. But they're completely different in who they are. Um, but he's able to have them, like, coexist. Yeah. Because effectively, they're able to do what they want to do. And the people of Italy like him as well. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's come in here and kind of, well, now you're under Gothic rule rather than Roman rule. But they they, yeah. they like him. 
But he liked uh, sort of Roman culture anyway. And yeah. like how it was meant to go, like how they were, the culture and, and the political. Yeah, he keeps it up. Yeah, he's wearing togas and stuff. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. What's funny as well is because um, the Goths wore trousers, <laughs> but the Roman people didn't wear trousers yeah. at all. But then when um, they come down into Italy and start ruling Italy, the kind of who the the old you know people from the the locals I'll call them mm. the Italians or the Romans, um, they're the aristocrats start wearing trousers because nice. they love it. But then the yeah. the aristocratic um, Ostrogoths start wearing togas. Wow, isn't it funny mm-hmm. how things work? Yeah, the trousers are good, so... so yeah, well done for bringing the trousers. Yeah, we need What if they'd those. all been killed and nobody was wearing trousers? We could all still be wearing togas yeah, today. Yeah, skirts. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be horrible. I'd be mad. Just, uh, isn't it funny <laughs> how, how history affects you? Yeah. Or the story of history, at least. Um, also, at this time, um, Theodoric's kind of arranging all these marriages between Ostrogoths um, and then the high-ups in the Vandals and the Franks and even the the Burgundians, who he was kind of Mm. still pissed off at from, uh, you know, altering his his invasion of Italy. Um, And he does, he takes some land back from the Burgundians to kind (laughs) of expand his territory. Yeah. But they Um, were expanding. Yeah. And also the Franks are expanding. And I think we just touched on last week, the Franks Mm. start attacking the Visigoths. Yeah, but under Theodoric, the Ostrogoths actually go and intervene and you know well, yeah. help out the Visigoths it's and take all the of... land they get on the way there as well. Yeah, it's kind of mad how much for for a short period of time how much land that like Gothic tribes covered. Yeah, there's like all of Spain, southern France, Italy, and then across. Yeah, so like the Visigoths their... had kind of got the Spanish side. Yeah, but the then Iberian. Theodoric kind of becomes in a way, the king of the Visigoths. Mm. He installs his uh, grandson, who's like a baby, yeah. as their king, and too young to rule. So he kind of becomes the regal Visigoth as well. He's the regent. Well, he must have learned a lot in Can- uh, Constantinople, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. But then again, it didn't last very long, did it? So No, it never does. Um, well, there was lots of fighting, wasn't there, um, with the Byzantine uh, Empire and the Franks. Yeah, and they paired up to get the Ostrogoths to like chill out a bit. Yeah, stop, stop all this uh, <laughs> trying to take over the world business. Yeah, um, and then that's what I've got until he dies. So, have you got any little Theodoric bits for me before? Yeah. The end? Um. So everything we've said basically. Um. He, the people of Italy like him. Mm. Um. And Italy's kind of thriving under him as well. Yeah. Uh, and and it's peaceful for the most part within Italy for you know a longer period than there has been for a little while. Mm. Um, but then he's kind of too successful in a way, and he he you know he gets into his old age, mm. and he does start getting a bit paranoid. And we were talking earlier also about him having like religious tolerance and stuff. But on his deathbed, he kind of was drawing up these plans to uh, persecute the the Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like the Orthodox Christians, or Catholic Christians, or whatever yeah. the non-Aryan the Christians. The non-Aryans, yeah. Um, but he never really carried it out. Um, but then there's also writings just saying how he got kind of very jealous about other people's achievements and um, just a bit paranoid as well about 
the people around him and had like some of his you know closest aides executed just mm. over baseless charges <clears throat> it's another roman thing to do um yeah yeah exactly just become well, old senile and yeah <laughs> and he paranoid got, he, he got pretty old i guess for the time yeah which is you know he's been ruling his whole life basically yeah, so i think it was like knackered. 20 when he came into it yeah so yeah his whole life and then he just dies from yeah. uh, old age really and without the unifying presence of Theodoric, the Ostrogoths and Visigoths were unable to consolidate their realms despite their common Germanic kinship. So it was really him holding it all together, and they kind of disbanded that. Yeah. Um, so he does. He has some heirs. Partnership. Yeah. Which, no. Yeah. Of course, there are heirs. But they're just but terrible. Just, yeah, and it didn't really work out the way it was working out before. No. Um, so his first heir is a drunk. Yeah. And and just dies. And then his second heir lasts two years, I think, before he's kind of, you know, he's not doing his job. Mm. So I think he's got gotten rid of oh. by some uh, people who care about the survival of uh, the Ostrogothic kingdom. Mm. Because there's a big threat on the horizon. There is. The weakness of the Ostrogothic position in Italy now showed itself. Um, particularly when the Eastern Roman Emperor Justinian or should mm-hmm. I say Lewisinian, the first, <laughs> uh, enacted a law excluding pagans among the Aryan Christians and Jews from public employment. Um, so it, it was about to get real. Yes. Start messing with people's religions. Uh, and here we go again. Launched on both land and sea, Justinian began his war of reconquest. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, do you want to tell me about it or do you want me to? I, I can say a little bit. Um, um. <laughs> in in 535 he commissioned uh, Belisarius to attack the Ostrogoths um, following the success that he had in North Africa against the Vandals so he's getting yeah. other people on board um, and it was Justinian's intention to recover Italy and Rome from the Goths yeah. so he was about to take it back um, and he, he's quite successful he is, Belisarius quickly captured Sicily and then crossed into Italy where he captured Naples and Rome in yeah. December of 536. Yes. So he didn't mess around. That's about two years. He's all no, the way up there. But he was too good. Yes. I think uh, Justinian was a bit threatened by his <laughs> mastery of war. Uh, and maybe a bit jealous as well. Yeah. And he, he, asks, he tells him, come back home. Stop it. <laughs> You're too good. Yeah. Um, but, they, but they did keep going for a little bit. Um, yeah. Because they, they went all the way north and took um, Mediolanum, which is Milan... And the Ostrogoth capital of Ravenna in 540. Yeah. And Ravenna's very important. Cause it's yeah, like, well, it's, it's, it's their capital. It's the Ostrogothic yeah. capital. And it was the hardest city for them to take as well. Yeah. Just because of the positioning of it. But they had pretty good siege warfare, these Belisariusans. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, yeah. They didn't really have much of a chance. No. But as I um, say, he, yeah. he, he's asked to come back. Really? He's doing too well. Yeah, Justinian just says, come back, leave mm. it how it is, you're done. Yeah, relax. <laughs> um, and But by 550, Justinian was able to put together an enormous force, an assembly designed to recover his losses and subdue any Gothic resistance. Well. Um, in 551, the Roman navy destroyed Totila, who was uh, then Gothic leader's fleet, and in 552, an overwhelming Byzantine force under Narses entered Italy from the north. Um, yeah, the Gothic leaders are changing 
all through this time because there's no one good as Thea Doric. And that's what we've seen quite a lot through these, like especially more with the little ones. And and to be honest, the Roman Empire as well. Um, it, like the, when you have a really good leader, it's difficult to yeah. replicate that again. And they're holding everything together. Yeah. And it's a very kind of unique skill that they have and kind of belongs to them. And without yeah. them, there's no success. Yeah. And um, yeah, even in Rome, there would be a successful um, emperor and then a run of six awful emperors. Yeah. It's difficult to find the one. That would be a great talent show now, wouldn't it? <laughs> what would you call it? Uh, Who's who the wants, boss? Who wants to be an emperor? Who wants to be In... a emperor? Yeah, you answer you answer whatever it is, um, 15 questions, um, and each one you get a higher position in society. Wow. So you start off to like... Be a mobile game. Yeah, good. An app. Well, it, uh, <laughs> it's in the making, and yes. we're going to get that patent done as soon as possible. Of course. Um, but that's it, isn't it? That's well, the they end. surrendered. They said, look, can't do it anymore. You got us, the Ostrogoths. Um, and they informed Narsus that evidently the hand of God was against them. Um, and so they left for the northern lands of their fathers. They got out of Italy. Yeah. Um, and after that final defeat, the Ostrogothic name on a whole died. That was yeah. the end of them. And that's it. Goodbye. And then I've got a nice little thing here. It says... The failures of barbarian kingdoms to maintain control of the regions they conquered were partly the result of leadership vacuums like those which resulted from the death of Theodoric. Yeah. Um, but additionally, as a consequence of political fragmentation amid the Germanic tribes as their loyalties wavered between their kin and their enemies. Yes. Which is a nice, nice summation, I thought. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it, really? Yeah. So um, I prefer these guys. Yeah. Yeah, they they're quite successful, really. Yeah, more successful than the Visigoths, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I think they're all right, mostly. Yeah. I just like this Theodoric guy. I, was, I read also when um, the Byzantine Empire kind of reclaim Italy, mm. the uh, the locals there who had grown up under Theodoric were actually quite upset. You yeah. know, they preferred Theodoric, even though you know they were it's, the Byzantines coming over a kind of liberating them or yeah. bringing them back into their own power they didn't yeah. really feel oppressed or depressed at all about being mm. under Theodoric and the Ostrogoths which yeah makes you think if it if it sort of if there was just one good guy after Theodoric could have been like completely different yeah because another exactly. 30 years of the unity yeah you know, especially Jules. if they'd be they'd been successful with their kind of alliance buildings with the Franks and yeah everyone else Rome would be looking pretty gothic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the yeah. Goths live on, don't they? They do. They live on in Crimea. Um, are we going to do Crimean Goths? Is there that much to say about them? I don't or think Or is so. this the end of the gothic series? I think it's the end, unless we're going to do a, a One Piece special on a... On all of them. The other... Unmentionables. No, no, all right. Let's coffin dwellers. That, so that's the Goths. So what's next? Oh, who knows? We'll, we'll pick it out of a hat. Huh? What did you say? We'll pick it out of a hat. All right, okay. Yeah. Whilst we prepare for something else in the future. Oh, yes. Uh, so, that's the series. I hope you enjoyed learning about the Goths. I knew nothing about the Goths. Um, yeah, I feel like I know everything about the Goths now. Yeah, now I, I feel like I've, it's like I've been to uni and studied the Goths. I've got a master's yeah. in Goths. <laughs> I might even put it on my CV. Master I'm struggling of to get a job at the moment, so hopefully that would yeah. help. The goth master. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, hope you enjoyed. We'll be back very soon. Um, yes, sure. Maybe next week or the week after uh, with a new series. Um, or maybe it's time for person of interest. Or maybe, yes. That'll be fun. Um, Submit your suggestions for person of interest. Who is there one character from, from uh, the ancient world who you really want to know uh, more about? A full, a full deep dive into their uh, life and times. Let us know. Yeah. You can, uh, Can't be asked to look it up yourself. We'll yeah, do let it for us, you. Let us tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but you can uh, give us a submission on our website, that's all ancient.com, or you can get in touch on the socials at That's All Ancient. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and whilst you wait for the next one, twiddling your thumbs, uh, go on your podcast app, Podbean, uh, podcast on on uh, on, the, on your phone or on your Overcast. laptop. Uh, Overcast. Uh, Acast. Uh, you can't rate on, on Spotify, but make sure you follow us. <laughs> And leave us a nice uh, rating and review. Um, Jacob's giving me the hurry up because he needs to to go to the toilet. So uh, <laughs> I think I think that's what I was it doing. Is. It. It's trying to be discreet. It's all right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so there's no discreetness in this world anymore. Uh, I've been Pascal, and I've been Jacob, and that's all ancient all history ancient now. Ancient history now. Good night. Oh well, that's all ancient history now.